0: Welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast, where our purpose is to grow your life and change the world. In this episode, we'll discuss relationships, strategies, and how we can come to ensure our relationships last a lifetime. Lewis Carr is the founder of Waymaker, the Lewis Carr Internship Foundation, the Blueprint Men's Summit, is president of media sales at BET Networks, and author of Dirty Little Secrets. In today's special episode, Angela N. Holton, international dating and relationship expert and founder of Love Sanctuary, will take over the host seat and interview Lewis about his relationship experiences, strategies, and mindset. Let's get started.
1: Hello, Waymaker family. My name is Angel Holton, and I am a conscious love and dating relationship expert, founder of Love Sanctuary and the Conscious Love and Dating Method. Today, I have the delight, privilege, and honor of hosting and taking over the Waymaker podcast, and I'm very excited to have this conversation today and to delve into a very important topic with a very, very special guest. And my guest today is none other than the founder of Waymaker, Mr. Lewis Carr. Today, Mr. Carr and I are going to be discussing how to sustain relationships over decades. Mr. Carr, you may know, has been married for 35 years. And today, he's going to be sharing his tips, tools, strategies, and dirty little secrets, can't wait to hear about those, and to creating a long-lasting marriage. Welcome, Mr. Carr, to your
2: show. Thank you so much, Angela. I appreciate you being here. Uh, It is a privilege to be on the other side, not having to ask the questions. I think, I think I'll let you know uh, after this is over, was it a privilege or was it stressful? But thank you for uh, hosting this uh, uh, appreciation.
1: Yeah, thank you for letting me sit in your seat. What an honor. I'm delighted to be here and talk about how are you married for 35 years? That's what everybody wants to know. How do you make a marriage last 35 a healthy happy marriage for 35 years give us a couple secrets
2: number one i would say there was no other option mm-hmm. just decide that there's no other option this is what you're doing uh and i guess you recall that sort of commitment uh that you don't want to do anything else you're not going to do anything else and you just in it to win it uh, I think number two is uh, make sure that your best friend. You know, we were having a conversation uh, uh, the other day, and one of the things we've talked about, we all have friends that we think are crazy, that get on our nerves, that do things that we don't like, but we never think about breaking up with our friends, most of us. We just don't think about it. They may do things that piss us off. Uh, They may do things that disappoint us. But at the end of the day, you just kind of go, but that's my friend. I'll get over it. I'll get past it. Or you already have expectations where you just, I know they're crazy. I know they're going to do crazy things. (laughs) I know they're going to do things that piss us off. And it's okay because it's your friend. How many passes do we give our friends mm. over and over and over again? We even avoid arguments with our friends. A friend says something that we don't agree with, forget it, whatever, because it's a friend. And I try to go into my marriage with the same way. She's my friend. And it doesn't mean that we agree on everything. It doesn't mean that we see everything the same. It means that, hey, I'm not thinking about anything that doesn't involve her. I mean, it it just, she's my friend. So whether I like it or don't like it, it's just, as we have a term in our marriage, Angela, you know what it is? What? When we don't agree, whatever.
1: (laughs) I mean, that probably avoids a lot of disagreements and prolonging Mm -hmm. unnecessary conversations. Yes. I love the idea of considering the concessions and the compromises that we're willing to do in our friendships. I hadn't quite thought about that. I mean, I have friendships that I've had 25, 30 years and they've had their peaks and valleys and we have fought to sustain those friendships. I wonder why more people don't think about marriage in that way. Because you just hit something and rang a bell for me that I, it landed and registered differently. Why don't we think about it more like that?
2: I think we, we have this greater expectation for our spouses than we do for our friends, which kind of goes up. Like, you know, for our spouses, we, we expect them to sort of be fortune tellers, to be forecasters. <laughs> to, you know, understand what's needed and what's not needed. And we sort of, you know, shrink the boundaries. For our friend, the boundaries are are, are this wide. I mean, it's just like, okay, they can do anything. They can say anything. And yeah, yeah, that's my friend, so we're okay. For our relationships, we have them like this. Don't say anything outside of this narrow strip. Because then you're going to be <laughs> in trouble. Don't do anything outside this narrow strip. You're going to be in trouble. But for our friends, we're way out here.
1: Hmm. Wow. That is really, really deep. <laughs> you obviously haven't met a lot of Scorpio women, though, because we know how to break up and cut off friends. <laughs> no, I'm getting there. But, uh, you know, I as I'm hearing you talk about that, I can't help but think about how we communicate. Communication is paramount in any relationship, and even more so with the person you're spending and waking up every day with? How do you navigate communication in your
2: marriage? You should be able to have a conversation about anything uh, in your marriage. And some of them will be challenging, to be honest. And at the end of the day, have a goal that whatever way it goes, I'm not going to leave it. I'm not going to be upset because we can't agree. Uh, I may have to come back at another time to sell it. Remember, I'm a salesman at heart. So I, I understand that when you are far apart on issues or concerns that you really have to sell it in or sell your point of view. And even if you never get them to agree, agree, they will have a better understanding of where you come from, why you feel this way. So they may not ever agree, but as long as they have some real sort of understanding why you have this opinion on this particular issue or concern, it's much better than not talking about it at all. You you have to be able to communicate. And I think once you go into a relationship saying, We can talk about anything. We may not agree on everything, but we can talk about anything.
1: And you sound, I mean, you know, communication is a part of having emotional intelligence and being able to communicate our emotions. And you sound like you are very evolved in your emotional intelligence, emotional capacity, maturity, and expressing yourself. And I don't mean this in any kind of condescending way, but were you always this way in your marriage? Did it take maturation and evolving?
2: It's emotional maturity. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is uh, a journey uh, for for everyone, uh, you know, to understand. And I thought not just emotional maturity, relationship maturity. You know, we 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 all go in relationships with these expectations. You do this, I do that. You do this, I do that. Well, I can tell you, over decades, I've learned like. You may do this on Monday, but I got to do it on Tuesday. You may not do it on Wednesday, so that means I got to do it on Wednesday. You may not do it on Thursday, so I got to do it on Thursday. I give you an example. Uh, last night we were cutting cakes, and it's plural because it's my birthday this week. So we were cutting cakes, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, "Well, you cut the cakes because you're better at it." After cutting one cake, I was like, "No, I'm tired. Of it. You cut the cake." And she said, no, I'm not cutting the cake. You're the better cake cutter, so you cut the cake. Now, I'm going back and forth. Yeah, because <laughs> first of all, she's been to school for cooking, baking, everything, and she's really good at it. I'm thinking, like, when did I become the better cake cutter? Cake cutter? You know, I, I don't know when that arrived and when we came to that conclusion, but whatever, I'm going to cut the cake. It ain't that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, it's choosing your battles, it sounds like what you're saying.
2: You know, And not- try to have as few as possible.
1: As few as possible. Just get along, right? Just agree to get along. And you mentioned early on in the, in the outset that commitment, it's about just not having that alternative. The exit door isn't visible. You're not looking for it every time. There's, you know, a disagreement or you know, a molehill or a mountain, whatever it is. But you know, I like to call it the stick to it factor, right? Stick to itness. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I, feel like as a culture
2: and model, I love that word, Angela. Even though stick to itness, even though we know it's not a word, but I use right. it a lot myself already.
1: I have very strong stick to itness. Sounds like you have very strong stick-to-itness factor. But in this modern, busy, hectic world that we're living in, I see or witness that our minds are easily distracted. Our attention span is two seconds. You know, people can commit to one thing and then, oh, something else, you know, that's shinier and brighter comes along. It's like, oh, it has their attention. And I use that sort of metaphorically. But I find, even with my clients, that women often struggle with self-discipline which is where that commitment with self starts. So how do you increase the level of self commitment and not give up on yourself so that you don't give up on your partner so and your marriage so quickly and easily.
2: Well, yeah, uh, I don't know if it's inherent or if it's learned. Uh I have uh, that's a strength uh to be able to stick to it uh as I say in my business, I can hang in there focus, and stick to something probably longer than most people, Mm. right? I don't give up on it easily because I've always believed there's an answer. You just have to hang in there until you figure it out. So that's sort of an inherent strength. I learned it when I was very, very young. I may have learned it through sports. Uh, So I don't have that sort of... uh, Want to give up on it easily, you know? Uh, and I, I want to be great in sort of a three sixty way. I heard a minister years ago uh, give a sermon on uh, professional success and personal failure, and it just really like, ooh, ooh, who wants that? You know, you, you when you say use the word success, you want it to be three sixty. In every aspect of your life, you want to be that whole successful person, uh, and uh, I sort of kind of work on that consistently.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. Sometimes I, I go back and forth with trying to understand: is it inherent in us, or is it something that we can learn and develop and cultivate over time? Like you, I inherently have always been very focused and disciplined. But I think is there? I think maybe if they start with smaller goals. Yes. You know, not overreaching for something that seems intangible. Start small with the commitment and stick to that, and grow your confidence in that because that's what strengthens that musculature of confidence, stick to itness, right commitment, which are things that you're going to really need in a marriage. Because how many entrepreneurs and business people do you know that they will never give up on what they're doing, their business strategy? But the minute something goes awol in the, or in their relationship, oh, I'm out this is too much, no. I can't do this, right? So how does that, How do we help that translate for people that the relationship investment is just as important as the other 360 areas of our lives that you mentioned?
2: And I think the other part of that, Angela, is to always consider how the other person views things. You may not agree, but you want to understand how... They are seeing things, and I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, I travel just a tremendous amount; it's just it's ridiculous. I don't even want to say, say the number of nights that that I'm gone. And one day I was leaving, and my wife said to me, and "This is early in the marriage. When you get back, I want to talk about the relationship because we live two different lives." Mm-hmm. So I did the typical guy thing, Angela. I did this. So it looks like it's a pretty good one. <laughs> but it may be different. I don't know what that means, but it looks like it's a pretty good one. And she said, good for you, not good for me. And it made me drop my bags to say, well, what do you mean by that? And she said, this is your dream. All the things that you see is your dream. These are the things that you wanted. Uh, Everything from the house to cars and everything. You've never asked me what I want. Including the great cars we have. Wouldn't have been the car I picked, but that's the car you picked for me. Nice car, super car. It's not the car I would have picked for myself. And it really went like, wow, wow. And what I sort of interpreted and heard is she still wanted her own independence, even though we are a couple. She wanted our own independence to think like she wanted, to have the things that she desired. She didn't want to be just be locked up in my sort of dream, in my sort of world. It was like, hmm, light bulb came on. Got it. So I went on, I said, and what type of car would you have picked for yourself? She told me. Got it. And where would you have lived? And what would you Got it. Got it. It was eye-opening. Yeah. Brain-opening for me, because yeah. I was assuming, because it was the best of the best, that it was okay. But it was okay for me. Not so okay for her. Mm-hmm.
1: What year into your marriage was this? How many years had you been together?
2: I would probably say about eight. Eight years,
1: okay. You've had almost thirty years, and have you? You you brought up that conversation today, so obviously it probably still lands as a very poignant, important shift, right? A defining moment in your marriage, and so have you been able to keep that mindset? Oh, absolutely! My her independence and
2: freedom. I am very. uh, supportive of it. Matter of fact, I try to help it evolve and grow because a lot of things she asks me, well, what do you think? Mm, that's your, your thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I want your opinion. Yeah, I hate you, but I really don't know enough about that to have an opinion. So it's all on you, but I want to make the right decision. Trust me, it'll be the right decision. So I've encouraged her to sort of expand independent thinking Uh, I mean, because sometimes she'll go like, but I just want to know your thoughts. Uh, I'm sure you got it. I'm sure you got it. Trust me. It'll be the right decision.
1: And so you've you've made that mutual understanding between the two of you how to navigate those kind of murky waters when they happen, which is like being equally yoked, right? Being compatible. So let's talk about being equally yoked. What does that mean to be equally yoked in a marriage and how is that different from compatibility?
2: You know, we've heard that Term in, in, in the Bible being equally yoked uh, versus being compatible. So I I look at it like this, and look, this is compatibility. You know, it fits, it works. This is equally yoked. Mm. This wow. is engaged. All right, this is this this is deep right here. Right here is compatible. Equally yoked is not only that you believe in sort of the same things, you want the same things, you're committed to having the same things. It's almost like, you know, me and my wife, you know, we say we can finish each other's sentences uh, because we know each other so well. So when we started, we probably started with this commitment like this. But as we've grown over the years, it has become like this. Because we've learned through our journey, strengths, weaknesses, where one has to fill the gap and where the other has to fill the gap. Uh, She's known like, uh, don't get involved in that because you'll go off. Let me handle that for you. Let let, let me do that. Because she knows my strength. And she knows my weaknesses. Uh, she'll bring things to me. She's like, Are you in a good mood? Why? I need you to be in a good mood before we have this <laughs> conversation because she knows my strengths. She knows my weaknesses. Um, I know her strength and her weaknesses. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like her belief in, 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 in money is it's made to be spent. Every every single penny, made to be spent. That's what what it's for. Uh, Clearly, I'm not there. (laughs) Uh, So we know how to balance that. So there there are a lot of things we have realized because we grew and improved our equally yoke over periods of time. So it is a journey. And remember, relationships are this journey that you're working on, you know? It's sort of like going from New York to California. There are gonna be stops and starts along that road, but the end goal is to get to the other coast, all right? And to get there in the best shape you possibly can. So we sort of look at our relationship as that. We want to be on the same page on most of the things. And when we're not, we want to discuss why we're not in a way that people don't get bent up, out of shape or uh, get pissed off at. I can honestly say, and I've thought about it, especially when you have big anniversaries like this, that we probably only have probably at most two arguments a year, At most.
1: How did it start off in the beginning?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, wow.
1: <laughs> and, and you know, you touch upon something about the, the relationship being about a journey. Life is a journey. And, you know, if you want to create success in a business, you know, you hear a lot of business experts and coaches and successful people say, don't quit. That that's mm-hmm. really one of the, the, the principles behind achieving business success is you don't quit. Do you think people cut, quit? and cut out and bail out on their marriages too soon.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I think they, that's probably something that if you sort of research, they would do that not only in their marriages, but in just about everything in their life that they would sort of quit and, and, and give up quickly. Uh, for me, uh, I, I'm not that guy. I, I, I don't give up because yes. not only have I been married 35 years, I had the same job for 35 <laughs>
1: wow, years. Wow, look at that. You really have discipline and focus. So I, I think there's some <laughs> in, in Absolutely. That. Absolutely. Uh, That's admirable. Uh,
2: thank you. Uh, but I but I do think that you know it requires goal setting. It requires building paradigms. Uh, I think it requires strategies. Uh, I think it requires tactics. Uh, you know, I, I say this all the time, you know, when you work hard and you work long in days, sometimes you come home tired. Uh, and I'm like, you know, who wants somebody coming in like, I'm so tired? So what I, what I've done, Angela, sometimes I'm sitting in the garage doing this. Shake it off. Shake it off. You know, you want to come in with some energy. You want to come in, you know, excited. You want to come in engaged, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, If if you want to have a good evening, all right? So I realized, like, hey, let me kind of get myself together, take a deep breath, slap myself in the face. So when I walk in, hey, how you doing? And the key question, the key question to all the brothers out there listening, how was your gap?
1: That's it. That's it. Key question. And just be willing to listen, right? Listen and hear yes. it without offering unsolicited advice, fixing or solving a
2: problem. That's it. You know, it's, it's that number one thing that I tell brothers to say: If you care, well, you should sure care. <laughs> I was your dad. And, day? and I say, now some days you're going to be like, my day was so bad. I really don't care how her day was.
1: <laughs> ask. A ask anyway, ask a question. And we're wired women. We like to talk. That is in our DNA. Yes. And given that door and that window to talk, we'll share our day. But we, we don't like the unsolicited advice because we can come to our own conclusions and solutions on our own. You know, and we just need to talk them through. Yeah. so yeah so yours sounds like you're very intentional in your marriage and your wife is as well what how important is intention in a marriage and what does that look like
2: I, I think it's 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 constant work uh and it's not just big things uh it's 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 small things you know this whole thing about you know the domestic stuff within a marriage you know washing dishes cleaning, Uh, doing all these things that, you know, really sort of have been traditional in relationships. Men do this, women do that. Uh, I don't think that 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 works anymore. I think if you're going to have intentionality, you really have to sort of work at, okay, I see something and I can easily do it just as well as she can. You know, like, washing the dishes is not a big deal. It's just not. 90% of the time it's just not a big deal. I mean, because I'm really good at it, okay? (laughs) Because uh, I was the only child, and I had a real, real strong mother, and it was like, oh, I know I've got a lot of practice of learning how to wash dishes, so it's not that big of a deal. Taking out garbage is not that big of a deal. Cleaning up is not that big of a deal. So, why make it a big deal? Why make it? You know, it's just like, hey, it's things you do.
1: Can you imagine how many couples have gotten in major disagreements over washing dishes?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. You I'm need sure. a podcast that's, with that
1: title. No, I'm sure it Who's it's washing over? the like, dishes?
2: It, that's not my job. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> not what men do. <laughs> what, about being a deal, huh? what, what the hell?
1: Okay, so let's let's switch gears for a moment. Well, how would couples know? I mean, you haven't, you're not in this place, but how would a couple know if it's time to dissolve a marriage? If it's truly not healthy for both parties.
2: I think there's several ways to you know when it's affecting you physically mentally and emotionally, mm. uh, that you, you you can't shake the issues or the concerns that they're on your mind 24-7. You, you can't seem to agree on small things or big things. It's just everything is a thing. Uh, when, you know, you start to say, I don't like this person. I really don't like this person whatsoever.
1: Oof! Gosh.
2: Now, as you're saying that, you still may say, "I love this person."
1: Right, but you don't like them. I don't like them.
2: I don't. Right. I don't like them. I think when you you get to that stage of any relationship, you gotta start. Even in a friendship, if you start to look at your friend and go, "Like, I don't like that person."
1: Yeah, that's true. I love that. So can we help the single people out for a moment here? People who sure. are interested in and, and want, you know, a marriage as an example of yours? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about intentional dating. What could yes. that look like for men and women? And what are we all doing wrong out here?
2: Well, I think intentional dating, um, you've got to be flexible. You know, everybody wants their own princess and their Prince charming. Not a lot of them in the world, okay? It's true, 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 (laughs) true. And even the ones who are princesses and a prince, they have their own issues as, as we've seen, okay? So I think you have to be flexible and open to seeing some different type of things, uh, I think you, you you have to look at yourself first and say, what are really some of the unrealistic things that I may be asking for? You know, and what are some of the things that may be good for me, but I just don't really want them. I want to trade it in for, for something else. You know, uh, most people want to be financially stable. Uh, and, and we know that there's data that says that most marriages break up because of finances for, for one reason or another uh, so we know that's the data and, and let me be honest for everybody listening finances are important be clear it it can resolve some issues not all issues but it can resolve some issues I think the other thing is you know, do you have uh, a realistic expert expectation of give and take. You know, some people think that one spouse should do 80% of the work, the other one do 20. Their negotiation is, okay, now I'll do 30 and you still do 70. It should be this type of thing teetering back and forth. 45, 50, 45, 50, 45, 55, 45. You know, it's a up and down. It's like a scale. It depends on the day. But somebody's working every single day. Understand that. Because what happens with work, after you've worked at it so long, just like a job, it's not work anymore. It's a habit. It's a routine. It doesn't take as much effort and energy and emotion because it's become sort of a routine. So I think people have to really understand that I'm going to go into any in relationship, eyes wide open, all right, and no judgment no judgment did you hear what I said Angela? yes I did (laughs) because if you have a particular judgment either a person is going to hide basically who they really are and give you this pretend person for a period of time then the real person will eventually come out or they're going to say right off the bat it's just not going to work because you're judging me You're judging me. And that's male and female. You know, one of the things that, you know, I sort of pride myself is, I'm not a big judger. I may disagree, but... Because we all come with strengths and we all come with weaknesses. We've just got to see how they work together. And I think that's what single people should go in. With no judgment, being flexible, understanding that it's going to be work. It shouldn't be work that, you know, wears you out. Because you're going to have to work at some things. Uh, and work could be like everything that comes to my head can't come out of my mouth. Mm. That could be work for some people. That's, or, a, practi- that's a practice. Everything that comes to some person's head is going to come out of their mouth. And you got a gesture. Uh, everything that comes to my wife's head is going to come out of her mouth. Now, <laughs> most of it, Angela, is funny as hell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's really a practice. That's a practice to learn <laughs> you, you, how to. You, you, you tell go bad. like,
2: I, I can't even believe you just said that. <laughs> that's, like, that's so crazy. I can't believe you said that. But it came to her head, it's coming out of her mouth.
1: And so, do you just laugh it off and internally? I mean, because you, you, she might not want you laughing at her, so you have to kind of put on the face, but inside you're laughing. Yeah, and that takes practice and skill. Well, <laughs> I, give her
2: the emoji.
1: I was shaking my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's great. You find, I mean, humor has to be super important in a marriage. I mean, not taking yourself so seriously, being willing to laugh at yourself, being willing to laugh at your partner and not feeling like your partner's judging you. But can you can you laugh at one another? I mean, yeah. I love laughing. Like that's the
2: that's key to my heart. We both do this thing, Angelo. When we're going someplace, we lecture each other. Don't say everything <laughs> that comes to your head. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Okay, okay, I got it. I got it. We're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings here, all right? (laughs) And she'll say to me, don't show them who you really are. They think you're somebody else. Don't show them who you really are. This is not the space, the place, and the time to show them who you really are. Behave yourself when you walk in there. Okay, Okay. again.
1: I love it. I love it. I really get a kick out of that. I mean, you have to be willing to laugh. I mean, you have to be able to laugh at even little small insidious things and making everything so big.
2: And, and, and Angela, the other thing is understand what the things, things are negotiable. Most of them are. Yeah. So I, I told you earlier that I, I traveled, you know, I'll give you the number, like 250 nights a year. All right. Ooh. And, and, and I've done that, Angela, almost 30 years.
1: And you look of so young. my
2: 35 year career. All right. And people are like, how does she take that? She says, there's only a few dates that's non negotiable that you got to be here your birthday, my birthday, a wedding anniversary, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Non negotiable.
1: <laughs> you can like, work wow. with that. I can work with that. Okay. Yeah. That's beautiful.
2: So understanding what are the negotiable things. And what are the non-negotiable things? And really being able to have a discussion of of why. You know, I just, I got it easy. When she gave me that, I was like, I'm good.
1: Yeah, but you probably have to really be present and show up a lot of those other 200-something days when you're, or the other days when you're home. You're present. Oh. You're present.
2: When I'm home, it, it's, you have it's to be. So I don't go anywhere. <laughs> you have to be there. You. I mean, to places, have to be there. They come back and they say, "Where's your husband? He's at home." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And all I tell is, "Tell them I said hi."
1: Yeah, but that's that's what you negotiate in your marriage, and every marriage has its own rules, own boundaries, own negoci- negotiations, and obviously it works for your wife and it works for you. So, as you know, I work with a lot of women and a lot of them are single, some are divorced, some are looking to date and get married again. I'd love to ask you a bit of advice you have for women, and then we won't leave the guys out. What's your best dating advice for women and your best dating advice for men?
2: For women, be conscious of how they treat their mother and their sisters. Be conscious. Because that's what's learned. That's the forefront. I mean, it's hard to unlearn that. Because in most cases, I'm generalizing right now, Angela, most guys, no matter what the situation was with their mother, they love their mothers, okay? Mm-hmm. And most guys, no matter what the situation is with their sister, they want to be protective of their sister. You know, they, 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 they want to make sure nothing happens. Uh, they want to be supportive of their sister in every aspect of their life. Those are some keys that try to pick that up. Uh, if you don't hear a guy sort of reference his, his mom or, or if he has a sister, his sister, ask some questions. Ask some questions. Well,
1: what if, he, uh, what if he's a mama's is, boy? What if he's a mama's boy?
2: If, if he's a mama's boy, that'll come out. Is that a is good thing or him? bad thing? That's not good. I mean, I mean he can really love his mother. <laughs> but you know what? I was a mama's boy with mama discipline. Mm. I, I always used to tease. I'm probably one of the few guys who my mother didn't think that I was too good for anybody. All right? <laughs> she always thought that every woman was too good for me. I was like, <laughs> oh, baby, who? who is the, you know? I've never heard that. You know, most mamas think that they son is going to walk on water. No. My mom was like, no, 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 no. He's terrible. You got to have patience, girl. This is like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Kudos, uh, to, kudos to your mom. I mean, she she, she really, uh, because my mother was a single mother, she really wanted to give me everything that she knew possible that would make a good relationship. So, how to cook? Beautiful. How to clean? And you know, she even instilled this. You want to be able to offer a woman something more than just that, son. <laughs> <Like, laughs> really? did you just say that to me? Yeah, I love uh-huh. it. And you, 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 you want a woman to look at, look up to you in a way that she feels protected, covered. you got her in every aspect of her life. That's what I'm trying to build. So she had real conversations with me. And and the image, Angela, that I have sort of burned in my memory is two months before my mother died, I used to get off of work, run home, put on gym shoes, take off my tie, and cut the grass, right? And still with... Dress shirt on, dress pants on, gym shoes, <laughs> and just pushing this lawnmower, right? my mother pulled up and in the car one day and she sat out and I looked and she was crying. Aww. So I stopped the lawnmower and I went on like, what's up? What are you crying about? She said, a mother never knows if the work that they put into their children is going to manifest it way in a way that you said you did a good job.
0: <laughs>
2: to see you in your first home You just got off of work. Cutting the grass says that I did something right along the way. I gave you some discipline, I gave you some focus, I gave you some structure, and I think I feel good about what I did.
1: That's beautiful. Mom did an amazing job.
2: Yeah.
1: May mom rest in eternal peace, bless her. Bless her. So how do men, what's the best dating relationship advice for men who may have had mothers like yours or who may not have? What's their best advice?
2: Make sure that while you're dating, number one, she can be your friend. Number two, you like qualities about her beyond her physical appearance and beyond the sex. Make you sure you like some physical qualities, whether that is uh, her overall work ethic or how she treats others, uh, how her thoughtfulness, uh, because it's, it's long-term now. It's, it's long-term. Make sure there are qualities there that really you admire about her as a person, not as a sex object, uh, not as a trophy, that you admire her about a person and how it is extending beyond you. You know be observant of uh, you know, you know how she just treats people in general. The clerk at the grocery store, uh the, the the person uh at the ballpark you know you you, you meet up i have a wife that's one of those people she's just thanking everybody you know she's treating just going like you you're kind of looking at her like <laughs> did you did you know them no 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 i didn't know but they seemed like we we, we were uh laughing this morning a friend of mine stopped by and uh and uh, she was telling him about this this young lady. She's just amazing. She's just wonderful. She's just so nice. I said, you just met her. <laughs> you just met her. That's great. So that's her sort of superpower. Right. She's, she's going to give everybody that benefit of the doubt. You know, she's, she's always going to be treating people nice, be on her best behavior. But at the same time, she's always going to be honest, honest. What's up here comes out there. So I would tell men to sort of look for those great qualities in a person. I mean, because at the end of the day, even when you're arguing, those overshadow. You know, a good person just kind of stands out. So look for that.
1: I love that. Well, I've definitely have learned a lot listening to you. And I I know I'm sure that our listeners, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've taken some notes. Any last final parting words you'd like to share with everyone?
2: Yes. Uh, Try to work it out. Hang in there. Uh, If you're single, uh, have expectations. Just make sure they're not unrealistic. Uh, Be flexible and look to have fun. You know, you, you got, you know, life is too short uh, not to have fun. Uh, you 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 want it to be fun. Now it is work, but as I said, after you sort of do it so often just like anything. Hell, you know, brushing your teeth is work every 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 day. But it's routine. It's something that you know it's necessary to do. That's how working in relationships are. And final thing is make sure that you're friend. As we all remember, we give our friends an awful lot of leeway to be themselves. Make sure we do that in our relationships.
1: What a beautiful, beautiful way to end this. That's that's what I'm resonating with the most that I'm gonna reflect on is how much more leeway I give friends than I do romantic partnerships. That's profound. We yeah. really need to consider that. Mr. Carr, thank you so much for allowing me to sit in your seat and and trusting me in this role. And this has been wonderful. Thank you for the honor and the privilege.
2: Thank you for this. And I'm gonna invite you back. I'll,
0: over Yay. over again.
1: Yes, 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 is my response. Thank you so much. Happy birthday. Thank Happy you. 35th anniversary. Whatever you're doing, it's working because you don't look a day over. Okay, I don't want, let me get this right. 35, is that good? Day over 35. That's right. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Waymaker. You've been listening to my conversation with Mr. Lewis Carr on how to sustain relationships over decades.
0: Thank you so much. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation between Lewis Carr and Angela N. Holtman. What did you enjoy about this episode? Let us know on our social media at Waymaker Culture. You can connect with Angela Holton at lovesanctuary.com. And don't forget to claim your first six months of the Waymaker Journal free at waymakerjournal.com. Subscribe to the Waymaker Fireside Chat podcast to get notifications each time you release an episode.